Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to a whole new episode of Just Let It Glow Pockets. I'm so excited to record this week. It's not a lot of like topics that I give a damn to talk about, but I just feel like there's some stuff that I have been, it's like some themes that have been going on in my life and some stuff that just keep coming up in conversation. And I just feel like to piggyback off the topic of last week when we were talking about peace, I had therapy and I was talking to my therapist and I was just saying like, sometimes I feel like, like I get baited a lot, even like just living life and moving around and feeling baited. But I just don't, I was just talking to her about what I said on Lizzie's podcast, like about peace and finding peace within myself and not being so hype like I used to be back in the day or so reactatory uh, reactive I guess the word is reactive and um she asked me she was like which one is harder reacting and being dramatic and doing stuff or like being peaceful and I said being peaceful you know like I was just telling her about different situations I've been in and I said, being peaceful has always been, like, that's not me naturally. Naturally, you know, I'm a firecracker. I'm a Scorpio. Like, I I, I hate using signs as, like, a personality descriptor. But it's like, I'm a very true, dramatic girl. Like, I'm very extra naturally, you know? very cuss a motherfucker out naturally and I think like right before I turned I talked about this on the podcast like before I turned like 25 I think I was just like I don't want it and people to just be like DeAndre be cussing motherfuckers out like I don't want that to be like my descriptor like I don't want that like I don't want it or that people feel like they know how to get under my skin or that I react so much so I was telling her that naturally, you know, being peaceful and trying to be within myself and try to stay calm through situations or think things through, that's the harder part for me. Like, it's much harder being peaceful and, like, thinking things through or not being reactive and, you know, staying calm and just thinking things thinking about the bigger picture, you know, or just realizing just some shit just not even worth it. And over like, after I swear, it's like my friend said this, my friend Shani said this to me. It's like when you are in the midst of a breakthrough, things just start happening. And it's really just a test, you know, if you really going to stand on what you're saying that you're going to stand on, because I had literally had ther- therapy Thursday and then it seemed like every day since then shit kept happening and I wanted to react. I wanted to snap. I wanted to like text people and go off and start snapping. And I, Cause that's just how my natural, you know, reaction is to be like, you know what, you got me fucked up. <laughs> you know what, you trying to, you trying to bait me, and I wanted to do that, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to keep choosing peace 
keep choosing me, keep choosing to walk this path because it's really true. Like when you are on the midst of a breakthrough, like things just start happening that you're like, why the hell is everybody like fucking with me right now? And it's because it's just to test like if that is who you are and that's who you're working to be right now, you know, you got to really show it. And I remember I was talking to my friend, like my friend Tanisha a couple of years ago. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, like things are just moving so slow. And I was like, I keep praying and all this other stuff. I was just like, nothing's going my way. Nothing's going my way. Right. And I was going in and she was like, what have you been praying for? So I just was telling her like, oh, you know, I pray for strength. I pray for patience. And she was like, well, girl, you know, God is testing you to build your strength, to build your patience. And I said, well, God damn, how much? Like, how much? I don't, I just asked for a little bit of patience. <laughs> like, not this much. Not being on one of God's strongest soldiers was for like 10 years strong. Like, I didn't need that. Like, how much patience do you think God felt like I needed, you know? But... It just, these are just tests. And I keep telling myself that everything is just a test. And even with me having to, I talk a lot about discernment and knowing when things just don't feel right and know when to go forward and when to stop, like when knowing when to, you know, hit go and knowing when to be like, no, that ain't it. This ain't, I don't want to do that because things have occurred that I'm like, I just have such a visionary spirit right now and leaning on my own discernment has, one, kept me out of bullshit lately and two, has given me the leg up in a lot of situations. Like I can think, like because I can see things going in a certain way and I'm not super reactive, I'm more of a thinker, it has definitely set up the next couple of, you know, things that are happening in my life to be a lot better. So just wanted to share that with y'all. Just some things. Y'all know I go to therapy and teach y'all what I be learning, but I ain't going to force nobody, you know, to go to therapy with me, you know, but it's just, I go for me because it is what it is. Um, But yeah, so one of the things I've seen circulating on social media lately was a fight between a substitute teacher and a student. And what happens in the video, it looks like the, it's a, it looks like a high school student or whatever. And the substitute looks pretty young. Now, before I go into the story, I'm just be honest. I went to like very local, you know, I say it to everybody that's not a listener that's from Philly, there's like little to no good neighborhoods in Philly. Like everything is pretty much the hood. Like you see how Abbott Elementary talks about the Philadelphia education system and the school district. That's putting it real cute. Like I went to elementary school with Quinta. That's putting Philadelphia school system real cute in a real cute way, but it's 10 times worse. Like 10 times worse. And if there was a substitute, I have never had a situation in going to school. And and I'll just talk specifically about high school where a substitute was respected. 
And it's for some reason, it's like people hear substitute and feel like they can bully the substitute teacher. Like, like you, little 15, 16 year old, feel like you can bully um, a substitute because they're not your real teacher and you'll never see them again after that. And it's like, it's kind of stupid because schools pretty much utilize the same substitutes if they, you know, just in their Rolodex. So kind of stupid. Um, but yeah, when I, I remember did is some, I remember I was in science class in ninth grade and this boy spat in this substitute teacher's fucking glasses and the substitute had to like walk out. So he wouldn't fuck the student up. Now, I thought it was disgusting when I was in high school, but as an adult, I just think about how much strength that man had to walk out that classroom. Because I, I, I swear that would I would have snapped. I would I that day there, if yeah, somebody child would have got tore up. But in this video, um, that's circulating on Twitter, uh, for the, the substitute confiscated a phone. Basically, told the student that they'll get the phone at the class. The student wanted the phone. You can see the substitute trying to like use the classroom phone to call into the office. And um, the student is kind of like grabbing at the phone, grabbing at the phone. And the teacher is saying, back up, back up from around me. Stop, move, back up. Like keep saying it. And the student is kind of like walking up on her. And then the student goes and tries to swing on the teacher. The teacher blocked it with one hand, cold cocked her with the next, and they start fighting. Teacher whoops the, the student ass. But then she stops. They get on the ground, she stops, and she's like on top of her, and she's asking one of the students to go get another teacher or whatever. Mind you, she got a little dress on, and she decided to wear a thong at work that day. Now, people are talking about what she had on. To be honest, the dress was a little short, but it wasn't like freak nasty short. And I'm pretty sure when she decided to get dressed for work that day, nothing told her that wearing a thong would be bad because you're going to fight a student. Like there's nothing that would make, like if I even go into the office and I wear a summer dress because it's hot and I have on a blazer or whatever, I'm pretty dressed professionally. But if I happen to have a thong on, there is nothing in my brain that is telling me not to wear a thong because you're going to have to fight a student today. Like, that makes no sense. But a lot of people are like, oh, she should have used classroom tactics. There are ways to de-escalate this, this, that, and that. Listen, when you are in certain spaces and teaching in certain neighborhoods, you are not, if she would have just let that girl swing on her, blocked it, the little girl would have keep trying to hit her because that girl didn't give up and nothing about teaching is going to stop me from being human. Nothing from teaching is going to stop me from being human. The real thing is that girl is a kid, but she's in high school and by high school, you know, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. And that you don't walk up on no fucking body. You don't swing on nobody. If you're not trying to get hit, like, you can't even walk up in most people's faces to be real. And these high school kids are not, like, middle school kids. They're, like, big as shit. 
Like, if we're going to have a problem, you know, we're going to fight for real. If y'all hear kids, it's because I got my window open. And, you know, like I just said, Philly is Philly. It ain't no, like, shh kids around here. But, y'all know, y'all like the little experience from Philadelphia that y'all get on these shows. Let's see if we hear the bikes running. But, yeah, so I don't feel like these students are, like, I don't feel like I would have not hit a student. And I'm just being real, real honest about that. I don't think that I would ever just be like, stop, pause, everybody collect themselves. No fighting. Don't hit me. Like, no, you going to put your hands on me. I'm probably going to forget that you're a student in the first place. Like, even at my old job, I had a client that felt like she wanted to fight me. You know, it's a big bitch. She's like two something, pushing three for real, for real. Like a good six foot. And on that crack, and thought that she was like about to instill fear in me. And I just was like on some shit. I had already peeped something I was going to hit that bitch with. And she was like, I got mace. I got mace. Keep it cute. And she kept going in her bed. And she was like, keep it cute. I said, oh, okay, I will. She was like, keep it cute. I got mace for bitches like you. I got mace for bitches like you. I'm like, okay. She kept going out the room. I got mace, kept digging in her purse. And I was like, listen, that bitch step a little, step one motherfucking step close to me. And I'm gonna take this. And it was we was having like a toy drive. And it was this toy, um, toy school bus or whatever. It was like a that thick hard plastic. I just knew that that shit was gonna go upside her head. And then plus that, like, it was my sister there, my friends, Natasha was there. Like, you wasn't about to like whip my ass. And at the same time, I would have sued the fuck out that job because my safety was threatened, just like that fucking substitute needs to threaten because her safety was threatened by a student. I remember when I went to elementary school, a daughter, a student and her mom got arrested for beating up a teacher because the teacher gave her a, like teachers get beat up, teachers, social workers, um, yeah, teachers and social workers get attacked and beat up all the time. All the time. Like, they always get beat up. Nobody cares. Nobody does anything about it. So, yeah, I definitely... I definitely would have, like, defended myself. Like, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here waiting on school police after somebody fucking swing on me. So, yeah. I don't think she did nothing wrong, but I don't think that... I just think people would like, I just feel like nobody has patience for their children, period. But you expect teachers to have the same patience that you don't exude. Because it's not a parent out here that y'all about to tell me you would just look the other way if your child swung on you, like that girl swung on that teacher. And I've seen this cycle before. So, yeah. I definitely wouldn't have swung on no teacher. But if I did, I would I would like to think that they would defend themselves. Like, the hell? 
So let's get into the next class topic. Shanquilla Robinson is very unfortunate. I don't have a lot to say about that other than it's unfortunate in the fact that the U.S. government doesn't really care about Black women. And it's basically given a license that any can anything can happen outside of U.S. soil to a Black female American and nobody would do anything about it. That girl, it's a whole video of that girl getting attacked while she's ass naked. There has been reports from the resort that describes the group of people not giving a damn about her well-being. There are time lapses between when she fell, I guess, ill and the when, uh, you know, medical authorities were arrived, them denying her um, medical attention. Like, there's so much stuff going on, and unfortunately... I don't think Mexico has the bandwidth to actually bring charges to those people. And what I will say is they're going to be able to sleep like a baby for a little bit, but they always take laws and it's always going to take somebody to give a fuck about their job. And that shit is going to come tenfold on them when they least expect it. When you're nice and comfortable in your lives and your career, and y'all feel like y'all got away with murder Somebody else is going to pick this case up, look into it, and find something that's going to put y'all asses in jail for the rest of your fucking life. And then I I would hope, 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 hope that you all are brought to fucking justice. But yeah, praise to her family because that, mm-mm. and I'll tell y'all one thing about mine's. Y'all play something like that with one of my family members outside this country, and you might want to stay wherever the hell you was at. Don't bring your asses to the U.S. And I'm not saying nothing, but I just feel like they better hope that Shanquilla's family doesn't decide to take matters into their own hands since the U.S. government doesn't give a shit about what happens to them. So that's what I had to say. All right, so the Real Housewives of Atlanta... These aunties look like they're trying to bring the drama this year. And I would hope that this season is good. I've been watching Real Housewives since 12th grade year at high school. And it's had its peaks and it had its volleys. Lately, we've been in the volley. Hopefully, we can be at the peak this season. But it looks like they're being really messy. I see... On the blogs, Marlo's back and Marlo is recording conversa- private conversations. Drew is out here lying. Candy's tired of her lying. But I just feel like it's so low-brow Real Housewives in Atlanta that after this season, y'all honestly just need to recast the entire show. Because when they don't have anything to talk about other than bullshit from three seasons ago and secret recordings, then it's time to get a whole new goddamn cast. These women is too old. It's too much drama. Candy talking about headbutting bitches. It's just just a bit much. It's a little, little brow. And I feel like the patience is low and the drama is dry. I said this before. I have, honestly, a list of Real Housewives that that are in Atlanta 
that can bring the drama, can bring a real good show, and it's all new blood. I feel like only one or two of the older housewives needs to be on it just to be as like a liaison until we get to know these new housewives. But Real Housewives is just trash juice. And I'll tell you what, if not, Marlo really act like a lowbrow bitch <laughs> because to record somebody having a conversation with you is just so lowbrow. It's just so lowbrow that like, I just, I can't. Um, what else? Low, speaking of lowbrow, I know who ain't on that Freak Nick documentary, and that's my mama because my mama was in Philly raising her children. My mom wasn't doing all of that college girl stuff. My mom was in Philadelphia raising her girls and her son. She wasn't doing, she wasn't down to the I-95 pussy popping, tissy rolling for the iotas that is on, <laughs> that they got on the Freak Nick documentary. So I know that much. Um, I just feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people have become accustomed to acting holier than thou. And to be honest, it's not that deep. Y'all was twerking down in Atlanta and having college girl wild fun is really not that deep. Your career isn't going to be older. This is like over 30 years ago. Let it the fuck go. Hey, just it is what it is. To be honest, nobody's gonna recognize y'all. Y'all are bad built now and funny looking. Nobody knows that that was you and your prime in the nineties. Like I'm not being funny. A lot of y'all don't look like that. Don't dress like that. A lot of y'all are probably teachers, homemakers, first ladies of the church now. Nobody's gonna recognize that that is you. Calm down. Now the real issue is. It's not going to be the twerking. It's not going to be all of that. Thank God for all of the slut works that have come out since then that really is going to defend you all. So the ladies, you have nothing to worry about. Um, all the feminists are going to come out and speak on your behalf, and you will not get terminated from your job. Now, due to the same reasons such as slut walks and slut shaming, being outed, Me Too moments, mute mute uh, certain artist moments, um, the men, <laughs> Whew. the men, as Mark Lamont Hill would say, the people that need to be scared is the men on this documentary. That is who needs to be very fearful. One, y'all got y'all letters, y'all fraternity letters on. And down to the freak neck and talking about how um if a woman doesn't want to be grabbed she shouldn't wear short shorts if she doesn't want to be felt up on she shouldn't be dancing that shit did not age well and shout out to the one guy that was way ahead of his time like I really started to look I looked at that clip and I was like it must be some CGI going on and they like warped and edited this man into this conversation because he was way ahead of his time and I would love to see how he's doing now um it's probably Torrey or some shit <laughs> somebody that we do know that was talking and he was just saying you know no matter what a woman wears she shouldn't be 
you know, grave doing touched and a lot of stuff. Um, the thing about this documentary that I think is going to shed a lot that I never knew, but, you know, you can think about it. It makes sense. You know, I always heard Freaknik is like fun and it was like a big party. But apparently there was a lot of sexual assaults, a lot of date rapes, a lot of terrible things happening um, during it. And a lot of just a lot of, you know rape culture, sexual assault type of situations. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but I feel like we don't hear those type of stories. We just hear how much fun Freaknik was. And, you know, we've all seen the parties, the Freaknik parties of, you know, just dressing up like that era of time. And that seems fun. I would definitely go to one. But I think this documentary is not only showing this this festival or this fun time in Atlanta, but also some of the things that may have been put under the rug. And um, I think it will be a great conversation. Apparently it's not coming out until 2024. And there's some young black professional group that is trying to stop it from coming out. And I'm just like, let the damn show come out. Let it come out. Like, let it go. Like, it happened. Let it come out. Like nobody really is going to know that this that's y'all. We don't know. We don't know y'all now. Like nobody's gonna say that Sister Jenkins this and to back that ass up. We have no idea who you are right now. Like at all. Like we really don't. It's not even funny. We have no clue who you people are then and who you are now. The funniest thing I saw is Kanye West and he looked disturbed. Like the girl was twerking in front of him and he just looked like I, I don't got time for this shit. Like, get this shit out of here. Um, but I think it's good. Like, I think that it'll be a very interesting read. I'm definitely here to see what's going on. Um, I definitely want to watch it. Uh, so I'm here for it. Let's see what it's talking about. And I honestly, I feel like there were so many, not so many there were non-consensual things and a lot of sexual assaults, but I feel like there were a lot of consensual things. And I think this shit is going to be like Woodstock. Like y'all ever watch Woodstock documentaries and people find out, like they look at it and they find like the person they hooked up with and created a child with. I feel like a lot of people are going to find out who their dads are from this documentary. And I feel like it's going to be a great way for, um, Gen X to kind of see how much they talk about like millennials and Gen Zers and how wild we are and how crazy. And I think so many times people forget that you were once young. So I feel like this is definitely going to be a nice servant of humble pie to everyone that was down to the freak neck. But I don't, I ain't got no um bone in the fight, I guess what they would say, because my mama wasn't there. My mom didn't get down with this. She was raising her children. Um, So let's get into Lilo and Stitch live action. And I talked about before about people being mad because the Little Mermaid is going to be black and that Tinkerbell is going to be black. So before we get into this topic, a mermaid is not a real thing. It's a figment of imagination. It is a fairy tale. It's, it has not been proven to be real. And even if mermaids are real, it's never been proven that they're only white. 
Next, fairies are not real. It's a figment of someone's imagination. It is not white. It's not of white descent. It is not whitewashing. You know what I mean? By changing the color of the person that is on... um, by changing the color of the person that presents that character is not changing the character, right? Like, they're not real people, right? Um, Lilo. The cast of Lilo is Stitch. Stitch is not a real person. Stitch can be pink, yellow, blue, gold, whatever, right? Stitch is not a real thing, right? It's an alien or some sort. Lilo and her sister Nani... They're real people. They are of Polynesian descent. They are from Hawaii, Samoan, you know, brown-skinned girls. For Disney to now want to make a live action of this television show, and not only is the person not of Polynesian descent, not only not Samoan, but to be a fucking white girl well i think they said she's half white half filipino that's still whitewashing this character this is changing this character's identity because it is a real person it's a real representative of something it's not a figment of someone's imagination their culture was a big part of the story so by not presenting that culture in its authentic truest form is whitewashing the story and it's very unfortunate because we don't get a lot of stories about um people of polynesian descent samoan hawaiians you know native hawaiian people we don't see much representation of that so disney you're definitely dropping the ball and by saying that the girl is from hawaii bitch i can be from fucking finland it doesn't mean that i'm of that culture or of that descent like I'm still black as hell. Like I can go to Scotland. I'm not of Scot Scotland Scottish blood. I don't know anything about their culture. I'm not of the culture. I can live anywhere. <laughs> like what? Just because Sarah is fucking American does not mean she can play my black ass because we're both American. I'm a black American at the end of the day. So to continue to it's like they take it's like they take 10 steps forward to be knocked back 20 steps behind into 1972 like it's just very unfortunate and i just think that more black creators more um black studios need to just come out not just black but people of color studios really need to just push our own stories moving forward and really put it out there because there's so much culture that we don't talk about and the whitewashing of this is just unfortunate and it could have been a really great time it could have been monumental it could have been oscar worthy it could have been life-changing if you just would have kept the story the way it was and that's no diss to the actress because i'm pretty sure this when you did it it's like um it's the opportunity of the lifetime like who wouldn't but it's unfortunate, you know, it's very, very unfortunate. And I just think 
like Disney, like y'all just always piss me off. Like y'all just piss me off all the time because it's it's literally like y'all want to be so inclusive and diverse and trying to push this. And then y'all do shit that lets me know that y'all are still the racist ass company that you were when Walt Disney was alive because y'all do bullshit like this. And again, justice for just justice for Shonda Rhimes. And that is why she cut all ties at Disney. I mean, yeah, Disney and ABC. So let's get into it. So in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, there were a lot of TV shows that were just so toxic. And competition shows were so rampant and so unserious at the same time. The top two being Making the Band and America's Next Top Model. Making the Band was just so unserious because of the fact of ain't nobody doing all this shit for a record deal. We have never heard nobody do half, nobody walk half of Brooklyn for a cheesecake in order to get a record deal. Nobody ever, 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 ever had to have a den mother in their house and get cussed out to sing. Like, Making a Band is one of the most unserious shows ever. Like, they were, I remember watching Making a Band 3 specifically. Making a Band with um the band, like the actual the band, Making a Band 2, it was a hot-ass mess. But it was a hot-ass mess because, like, y'all trying to make rappers a group. And that's just never going to work. Like, they were trying to make, like, Wu-Tang Clan. So it's like they all from different cities. They all fight and they don't like each other. You know, you got Sarah and her husband. You got Dyline pissing everybody in the house off. You got Fred and Ness fighting. You got Diddy doing dumb shit. Got them walking across the damn city for a cheesecake. You got them just doing all these stupid challenges. Like, Danny DeCane, hella dumb challenges, having to run the U.S. Marathon, having to run around the city, like, just stupid shit, H- cutting girls because they can't dance, but they sound and sing like fucking angels. Meanwhile, there's bitches that sound like fucking cats fighting that can dance their ass off staying. Like, making a band was its own bullshit. But there is a special place in reality TV show hell for America's next top model so during the pandemic i don't know why i watched all of these i think i pretty much stopped watching when i went off to college like i would check in here and there but i wasn't watching it but during the pandemic you know boredom set in after a while child and just like a lot of people i noticed that america's next top model was streaming on Hulu. So I decided to watch it. I got caught up in this whole loophole that was going on Instagram of um Oliver Twist is a personality on YouTube and Instagram and he started interviewing all of the girls and so did Jay Manuel and they started spilling all the tea about America's Next Top Model. And and a lot of it Tyra Banks has been dragged I mean, like you, if you listen to the show, you've watched America's Next Top Model. But just to, just some of the things is just outright ridiculous. Having them switch cultures, 
um, screaming in a girl's face, breaking limbs, taking people's teeth out, calling people that are a size six plus size. It's just absolutely fucking insane. Like watching that show, it's just such, it's just, I know exactly where I was when Eva won. I know exactly where I was when um, Tyra screamed in Tiffany's face. I know exactly where I was when uh, Janice would come on that show drunk as hell and just say the nastiest things to these girls. Um, When they were, when Camille basically said Joanna was um, binge eating and it was just a mess. Um, It was just, that show was a mess. So over the years, because of the resurgence of this show, Tyra Banks has gotten a lot of hell. And I feel like as successful as the show has made her, her career in the last few years haven't been the same. We have seen her host. Right now she's hosting Dancing with the Stars. But Dancing with the Stars honestly isn't doing as well as it used to do in the past. And I feel like Tyra Brinks used to be revered in such a dignitary way that I feel like people just still take her as jokes. And mind you, she did a lot of goofy shit on both America's Next Top Model and um, and her TV show. But I think these are some steps that Tyra... We're going to put a little glow on Tyra. These are some steps I think that Tyra has to make in order to get on everyone's good side again. First and foremost, she needs to acknowledge the bullshit of America's Next Top Model. She needs to produce a documentary, tell her side and let people know, you know, this was the modeling world I knew, but also after a while, the TV producers got involved and they wanted to make good reality TV. And I'm the scapegoat because I'm the face of this television show. We need to see in that documentary that she has real conversations with some of those girls. And it's like more of like a retreat situation, like where she invites a lot of those girls, especially the ones that have said that they still suffer trauma from it. From it. And she needs to apologize, hear their stories, um, give them the opportunity to tell how they feel and be angry with her, you know, and for her to hear those stories. Like, I think she really needs to take responsibility. We have yet to see it. Like, I was listening to this podcast, and what they do is they read a lot of people's memoirs. Her memoir doubled down on a lot of this bullshit. Um, I don't think that Tyra is a bad person. I just think Tyra is very eccentric. And I feel like she's a very extra, but I don't think she has a bad bone. I think we, it will bring us to the next topic, but accountability is missing. And I think one of the things that people are looking for her to have is some type of remorse, some type of accountability for the bullshit she put those girls through while recording that show. Um, so that's number one. I really think that one, she needs to do a doc. She needs to do an interview. And then she needs to do like a docu-series where if it's not like a retreat, she goes and visit these girls and have a real conversation with them. 
And I think within her interview, she really needs to break down and explain and stop trying to cover up for the rec- the network or the producers of that show and really let them know, like, this is what was happening, you know, for for you guys, it was entertainment. For me, it was a job. And after a while, um, the network got more involved in what we wanted to. And it kept things kept being bigger and more extreme. Like, I just think she needs to take a little bit of an accountability there. Um, too, she should have a reality show. Like, kind of like how Kimora Lee Simmons' show was. Like, we need to see her do her everyday life, her lifestyle. Like, something cute. Like, show us your husband, your... Um, son, like, let's see the good part of you. Let's see, you know, the human side of you. Let's see some vulnerability, transparency, like when the people are over, because Dancing with the Stars, it just reminds people more so of the fact that you're a kooky host. And they, if given a chance, you're going to do some extreme bullshit. So um, those are the things that I feel like Tyra Banks needs to do to just has some resurgence in her career and for people to just see her in a better light. I just feel like a lot of people just not fucking with you, Tyra. And is it watching that show back is just so cringy. It's so cringy and not being funny. y'all. My thesis statement was basically about body image and how like as a black, like a black girl, like, you have to deal with two different types of body types that are the ideal body type. Um, and I quoted something that was in on like the Tyra Banks show. So that's just something funny. I got to put it out there one day. I think I'm going to change, take Tyra out because y'all not going to cancel me because, you know, Tyra was that girl at the time. All right. But speaking of accountability, I'm going to just talk about the glow up topic. And one of the things, and I feel like I've talked about accountability on this show before, but one of the things that just keep coming up in a lot of my relationships and situations that even when I talk to other people about the things that are occurring in their lives, like accountability is just so fucking hard for people to take. Like nobody ever, everybody wants other people to hold themselves accountable but nobody can hold you can't do it in return and nobody wants to take um accountability for their actions or the roles that they play in situations people are so used to being victim based that accountability scares the shit out of them and i always say like i think that people struggle with accountability is because like when you admitted to do something wrong as a kid, you get punished. So if I broke a vase and I'm asked, oh, hey, who broke my vase and I admit to it, then I'm on punishment, you know? So I feel like because we grew up in such a punishment base, like when you admit the truth, that you there's some type of consequence and some type of trouble or punishment that comes with admitting the truth, like there's no reward. We were basically taught that there's no reward in telling the truth and being honest about the roles we play in our lives. There's only punishment. There's only um, blame. There's only anger once you tell the truth about those things. There's so much so that a lot of people just keep lying or ignore it or hope that it goes away and sweep things up the rug out 
under the rug and hoping that things change. And it's not, you know, like if you hurt somebody, apologize. If it was unintentional, say, listen, that wasn't my intentions, but I do see the outcome and I apologize for it. Accountability is just so fucking hard is because everybody acts like they're going to be those little 10 year olds that's on punishment during the summertime again for a mistake or for their actions. And I feel like y'all feel like just taking accountability means that you're not a good person. And yes, you can still be a good person and hurt people. You can still be a good person and have toxic tendencies. You can still be a good person and have been wrong in situations. It's the admitting that you were wrong is where you got to struggle with. And then a lot of people like to gaslight situations. And recently, like I was talking about earlier, there was some stuff that came up lately where it's just like everybody wants to be right. But it's like everybody's not right. Sometimes you're just dead ass wrong. And sometimes people create stories in their head to make themselves right in any type of situation. And it's like no matter how much you describe why you did something or if you if that was your intentions, the fact of the matter is you did it and it hurt somebody. That's it. Like holding yourself accountable should not be a thing where I'm now the person that's explaining to you that I'm hurt because you did X, Y, Z and you want to have me understand why you did X, Y, Z and why you're not to blame because that wasn't your intentions. I don't give a fuck about your intentions. If I'm driving a car and I intended to turn the corner and safely turn the corner, but I hit somebody's fucking car. Don't nobody care if that wasn't my intentions to hit that car. The outcome is that the car was hit and I could be apologetic, but the accountability would come in in the fact that I let the driver or the person who parked the car, the owner of the car know hey, I just hit your car. Here is my insurance information. Please contact me. I'm I'm sincerely sorry. But when we, like, what, why, why doesn't that equate to real life and apologies and conversations about it? Because you think that there's going to be some type of repercussion of punishment. You holding yourself accountable can honestly take years of stress and sadness on someone's life. Because when you're not holding someone accountable, a lot of times you're gaslighting a situation and you're being manipulative. So that person that you wronged in the past is sitting here thinking of ways where they could have not did whatever it is that they felt like they did to have you treat them that way. And they're overplaying the situation over and over, thinking about what role they played that could have avoided this. When you could just say, hey, I fucked up, that's it. I apologize. That's it. Like I had a situation recently where someone wanted to take responsibility but not hold themselves accountable and what they were apologizing or trying to take responsibility for had nothing to do with the actual situation that occurred. And I was frustrated and I was pissed at first and then I just realized like I don't even give a shit. Like, if you don't take accountability, I don't have to 
accept what you're giving me. I don't have to accept that shit. Like, okay, cool, whatever. But the fact that the matter is this happened and this happened and I don't fuck with it. I don't want to be around it. I'm good off of it. I feel disrespected. And you taking responsibility about some stuff that I don't give a shit that has nothing to do with the situation is really not going to help. And if you just take accountability in the beginning, it's like y'all ego getting away so much that it's like, damn, you can't fucking apologize. Or when you, like I said, I had somebody in my life that consistently apologizes, right? But they do the same shit over and over. It's always sorry. But then they're going to do the shit over and then they're going to apologize and they're going to do the shit over and then they're going to apologize where it's just to the point where your apology is fruitless because you haven't taken accountability for your actions and you haven't corrected those actions. And it's because of what, like we talked about before with the Lauren London thing, it's a lot of ego in relationships. And no matter how much you try to dissect it, you just don't want to hold yourself accountable. And I don't know why. I really do. I really think it's because everybody like grew up being punished for being truthful. And it makes you want to think, like, even for me, it makes me think about the way in which a lot of us are raised, where it's like, you know, you can say something like, hey, I did break that. I'm sorry. And it's like, damn, as a kid, you weren't even able to just make a mistake and be apologetic for it. You made a mistake and you got to be punished for it. So as adults, like every time you make a mistake, you feel like there's a punishment that's going to come with it. It's just very interesting to me. And I just see like where people, it's just so many people I see post about accountability and gaslighting. And it's just like, y'all, they are usually the, like I said before, with that whole protect your peace shit, like y'all are usually the ones that always want to preach about people taking accountability, always want to preach about protecting their peace, always want to preach about cutting people off, always want to preach about being gaslit, always want to preach, just always want to talk about therapy terms that one, don't do the work, won't talk to a therapist won't stop gaslighting, won't stop being a manipulative, won't apologize, won't be held accountable, won't correct their mistakes, won't, (laughs) will fuck up peace in other people's life. Like, it's the most toxic motherfuckers that are always preaching these things and it's just so frustrating, right? Because when you're doing the work, whether you're in therapy or you're doing um, self-awareness and you're doing self-discovery and you're trying to grow as a person, you still have to deal with these people. And the best way to deal with them is to let them know, like, hey, this is what's happening here. I don't like what's going on and I'm just not going to deal with it. You know, this is what's bothering me. And if you don't want to acknowledge what's bothering me, I can't no longer engage I can no longer engage with you in regards to that not necessarily being confrontational but if it's if it's a pattern of things and people find themselves being victims when they're the villain so to speak well you're not even in a villain you're human and you made a mistake but instead of owning up to that mistake you want to 
gaslight the situation and find and let the person know that you wrong basically feel like oh well fuck it <laughs> you know it is what it is I just don't it's not really a glow up it's just more of like self-discovery like I just don't understand um why accountability is so hard I'm just one of those people where if I hurt you I'm immediately apologetic I'm immediately apologizing you know even I said a couple episodes episodes ago that you know I had a real conversation with a friend and I wasn't apologetic about what I said I was apologetic about the way it may have came off or how I said it. So right after our conversation, I apologized. They were like, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but I appreciate you checking in to see how I felt about it. But, you know, I don't ever want to be the source of someone's pain, basically. And if me holding myself accountable in a situation can help you shine your light a bit more and not feel dim, then I'll do it. Because I know how it feels for someone to hurt you and never acknowledge it or only acknowledge the part that makes them comfortable with it, you know? But I don't know. I think if we all just work a little bit more towards holding ourselves accountable in everything that we do, we'll be better for ourselves, you know? Um, even when it's you not holding yourself accountable to yourself. Like, I know if I'm, I'm not consistent working out, it's only going to fuck me up in the end. I know that if I don't do well at work, it's going to fuck me up in the end. I know that if I keep allowing people to disrespect me or in my circle that don't respect me, don't want to love on me correctly, don't want to treat me like the princess that I've always been told I am, it's going to fuck me up in the long run. I know that if I drink all day, every day, that's going to fuck me up in the long run. I know that if, you know, I stay up to 2, 3 in the morning on TikTok, watching TikToks, knowing damn well I got to get up and work the next day, it's going to fuck me up. It's just, it's simple. It's, it's, it's cause and effect. Everything is cause and effect. Anything that we do in life has an effect. So if you do harm, you'll receive harm. If you do good, you'll receive goodness. If you are holding yourself accountable, then you'll receive gratefulness, gratitude. You'll receive, you'll be released of the shackles of things just keep coming and back, coming and back and being a boomerang and just keep giving out bad ass energy. So the next time I always say, like, before I request account for somebody to be, I'm not even requesting nobody to be accountable no more. Either I'm cool with you or I'm not. And it don't mean we beefing, but it just might be, I might need some distance from you because our level, our, I'm outgrowing you in a way. And I just see a lot of us outgrowing a lot of people in our lives if they can't um, hold themselves accountable. But that is today's show. Thanks to everybody that was on live with me while I was recording. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at JST Let It Glow, on Twitter at Just Let It Glow. Um, me, email me any of your Let It Go sis letters at Just Let It Go Pod at, j- at gmail.com. My name is DeAndre Kiera, and I appreciate you all. Happy glowing. Um, 
hope this week is amazing for you and I hope your spirits rise and I hope you um, put yourself first this week. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for holding it down. Let me know your opinions and see you next week.